Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Monica. I'm a compulsive overeater. Grateful to be here with you all. Uh, welcome to newcomers, returning members. Um, yeah, glad you're here. Um, I, you know, I always have to kind of acknowledge I'm nervous. I've been in the rooms for 12 years, but I still get nervous uh, because sometimes I still think it's the Monica show and I just get to be reminded that it's not, um, you know, and I just ask for my higher powers words, not mine. Um, really grateful to be at a 100-pounder meeting uh, where I came up uh, in my community. There was not one 100-pounder meeting, and I came in. Um, well, I'm 4'11", and I weighed about 350 pounds, um, so morbidly obese for sure, and um, lost 200 pounds and um, have been in the rooms for 12 years. So that's kind of the numbers of it. But just to um, let you know what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Um, yeah, you know, I think of step two a lot. Came, came to, came to believe. So when I, uh, before I came to the rooms, I, um, you know, I just wanted to be, like, I wanted the whole world to think I was okay. To actually think I was really okay. Perfect, knew how to do everything. Uh, in all the crowds of the people who knew everything. And I felt that was never me. So, um yeah, from a very young age, I remember um, we had a very big change in my family, and I didn't want the world to know that maybe I wasn't okay with it. And so I started really at that point this um, this play, way of existing in the world. I'm okay. I want to present to you that I'm okay. I want to know what you want me to be or who, what would okay look like if in your world, and I'm going to be that. And I just started practicing. Um, showing up with as a representative of Monica, not really Monica. And that, you know, um, that became a theme in my world. Look like you're doing okay, act like you're doing okay, and maybe sometimes you'll believe it. Um, I had stories that I believed that I was okay, but I was really not. Um, and so one of the things I did, you know, when I was, when my, my family kind of had this upheaval, I had time on my hands, I was young, and food became, you know, and entertainment and kind of a comfort and um and you know it became more and more appealing to me i also had a mother who had been a very uh, she's a chronic dieter so i there was good foods and bad foods but then suddenly there was just food after my mom left our family food and food was a comfort and um and it was given to me to handle my feelings you know how do you feel what can i make you to eat so you know i food became more and more important to me i became less and less connected to who i was um, or letting the world know who I was or how I was. And, um, and that's kind of how I did it. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And when's dinner? You know, those, my wires got so connected into food. Um, I often say that, like, I'm that old operator with all the plugs, you know, and they unplug one and they plug it into the next one where, to make the connect, connections were food. Um, I could tell you I would overeat when I was sad or things were hard, but the truth is, by once my disease was full speed ahead, it didn't matter. I ate because I was a compulsive overeater. Didn't matter. Monday, Tuesday, happy, sad, good, bad, didn't matter. Everything was a reason to eat because what was a habit and a comfort became, um, you know, addictive, became compulsive, became not even. Um, 
you know, it wasn't even a choice by the end when I came into the room. Uh, I just ate. And, um, you know, the more that life became unmanageable, uh, the more I relied on what a compulsive overeater does all the time, and that's eat. Um, That's kind of how I did a lot of my life. I have a child. He's now an adult. He's 30 years old. But um, trying to raise a child, be an adult, when I was not, um, I was just in my stuff. I didn't get all the, you know, being in my disease, when I'm in my disease, I didn't learn all the skills of how to be a human, how to be an adult, how to be in in relationship with people. You know, that's why I'm grateful for these traditions. Uh, I just have to say hearing that came to believe, nope, sorry, the tradition, um, for our group purposes, but one ultimate authority, a loving God. I always believed I was the one ultimate authority. Um, I, and I governed very much so. And um, so I, you know, I, I governed and I was an authority to my child. I, I work with little people, a teacher. That's how I did that. Um, and that's, you know, I am that director that talks about in the big book. If everyone would just follow the script and stay where they're supposed to be and do what I've told them to be, my life would be great. You know, I didn't... Um, you know, I knew food was important. I just thought I I was broken. You know, it's, it was so nice to hear it's not a moral issue. I was sure that there was something just missing from me. I'm broke. There's something wrong with me because the whole world knows how to put down food. And I watch them and I just can't even understand how they do it. Like, if I need to, if I, if I have a desire to eat, I have to eat. Like, there's no stop. And um, so I, uh, yeah, I, the world didn't go as I wanted it to, and so I, I tried harder, louder, you know, more controlling, and that didn't work. Um, and food became more and more and more and more and more important to me. Um, you know, as I got bigger and less mobile and more trapped and more isolated, um, it was just a, a deep, dark hole that I kept going in, into. You know, it wasn't, you know, I used to have these fantasy worlds in my brain that once I was thin or once I am thin, um, my life will be okay. There's no problem in my world except I like cheeseburgers too much. And I actually said that to a therapist once. Um, I didn't make any connections. So the step, first step was so good to hear. Um, well, first it was good to hear the reason for my disease is unimportant. What deserves my attention is there is a solution. Y'all gave me hope when I entered the room. I was I was dying in so many ways, not just physically, but I was spiritually numb. I was emotionally shut down. I, I think I was clinically depressed because of my sleep apnea. And, um, my knees hurt. My back hurt. I could hardly move. I was ashamed to be out in the world with my son because I was sure I was embarrassing him by my size and um, just hating myself. But holding on to this fantasy that one day I could be thin. Um, and then my life would be fixed, you know, came for the vanity, stayed for the sanity. But I I, um, I heard in a, the room yesterday that someone say, and I believe it's true about me, I'm a pickle. I There was a time in my life probably when I was, a, I had to have been a cucumber at some point. But today I'm a pickle. For the, I can't become a cucumber again. And I think in my history, I thought, I'm going to be a cucumber again. I'm going to change what's permanently happened to me. And for me, I am permanently a 
a compulsive overeater till the day I die. Um, so that I have to remember every day when I wake up. You know, uh, my body might be a different size, but I am a compulsive overeater and given an opportunity, uh, my disease would love me to kill myself with this disease and it would be perfectly happy if I was just miserable. Um, so that's kind of how I came into the room, miserable in a dark place, not planning a suicide, but seeing that the world would be better off without me in it and that I was just kind of riding this wave out, this body was giving out, I was just, I was done. So um, I came into the rooms and, you know, I, I often say I sat back in my car and I watched and I said, well, if everybody's fat, they don't have the answer. If everybody's thin, they're just not sick like I am. So I was ready for it to fail. But God in, my higher power said, just go in. And, um, and I heard hope. I heard hope. Hope on pain ends, I heard somebody say. And uh, that changed, like, you, you did what I did. I heard my story. You wrote about things I did with food that I never told anybody. You did it too. Food talked to you like it talked to me. You woke up in the food and you didn't know how you get got there, and I did. Your fam, your kids were running from you because you were crazy in your disease, and just like mine. But today in the rooms, you could smile. You could laugh at it. It's not a funny thing, but you could laugh at. The craziness that our brain, that my disease, like just thinking and, and, you know, just a community that said, we're in this together. This is very serious. This disease is deadly. And together we can do what, Monica, you can't do alone. Um, and what a relief that was, that I wasn't meant to do it alone. I cannot do it alone. Um, so that's what I heard in the room. I just started going to meeting after meeting after meeting and um, just listening. I didn't say a word, just listening, just listening. And I'm a talker, <laughs> you didn't notice. Um, but I, I, I knew there was something to y'all, <laughs> that, that glimmer of hope that, wait, you used to be, you had 200 pounds, because 200 pounds to me, and I know that people have more than that and, uh, and less than that. But, you know, I would, all I could see was that 200 pounds, there was no way that mountain is so big. How do I? Even, and um, I don't know what what was God, but once I started being in the rooms and working the steps, that number got quieter. You know, and I said, "Wow, you know, a scale registers my weight now." And that was like at three fifty. And then maybe you know, like just it just it's a byproduct of my it was been a byproduct of my recovery. You know, like I, I hear if I leave. You know, the, the number to God, I, I, I surrender my will, my life and my will, my weight, that number, all of it to my higher power, none of my business, and, um, and started working the steps. Uh, I, you know, I, the way I created my first, you know, what am I going to eat? I'd ask food if I eat one of you, am I going to want a hundred of you? And, you know, God got through and I, I heard the message and that's how I, I oh, not going to eat you today. Okay. Can I have one of you? Nope. I'm not going to eat you today. And um, 
And that's kind of how I, I knew the big ones, standing up in the car, fast food, those were big no-nos. Um, that, that's food that didn't count um, in my disease. And a beginning and an end to a meal, well, there's a novel idea. I ate tw- around the clock. And so, uh, you know, I have to put really clear boundaries around that, like how far apart my meals are, how much I eat, because my enough switch is broken, my hungry switch is broken, my full switch is broken, uh, my not enough switch is permanently on. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 what I know now is um, I used to want life to be uh, black and white, very clear for me. No, no, I just need to be able to be black and white. But my food, I need that to be really great, really flexible, really open-ended. And this program has taught me I need to do the reverse. My food needs to be pretty black and white. And I'm learning how to live in the grays of life. And um, that life in between those three meals a day, that's the work. That 200 pounds, by the grace of God, I'm grateful that to have released it. But, it, you know, the food is but a symptom. So it's like I put the food down, and that's where my step two, I, I came to believe that there's a power greater than myself that can restore me to sanity. Look, what I put food down for 12 years, one day at a time. That was not Monica. If it was, she would have done it a, a long time ago. So, um, so just that miracle in itself kept me in the room, kept my butt in a chair kept me coming back and picking up the books and doing the steps and calling people and uh, checking in with my sponsor. Um, and uh, and then seeing the miracles when I took my hands off. A big part of my recovery has been prying my hands off of everything. You know, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, which is people, places, and things. And the courage to change the things I can, which is me in my thinking, right? So that's been a big part of my recovery is that piece of recognizing and releasing. And um, so, you know, I I have lots of miracles of this program. The, putting the food down is the first one, and abstinence, without exception, is most important in my life. And I have relationships with human beings now. I'm still learning. I still have guilt about, wow, I really don't know how to do that. But I can say it. I can say, hey, help. I have no clue how to be this grown-up right now. Um, and I get support. And, um, and I, I recognize when I'm slipping into – so, yeah. I have a God that I can ask for help, and I can surrender it every day over and over again. People, places, and things especially the people that I really, really love. And that's a hard one because it's really hard to watch them, what I would call, you know, struggling when I could help them. But really, change that word help for manipulate, control, fix. I used to always call it helping, and it wasn't. (laughs) So um, I'm learning to release those people, places, and things to their higher power that dwells within them or in their life, and I'm not it. My son has a higher power, and it's not named mom. Uh, my father has a higher power, and it's not named my daughter. Um, and that's that's one day at a time. You know, I recognize my um, my shortcomings, and they haven't disappeared. 
I still can find myself on the top, uh, top of self-righteous mountain, but I realize it. I stop, take a little inventory on myself, talk to someone, um, you know, pray and ask God to distract me or to change my focus, direct my thinking. Um, you know, I, I'm not promised forever. I'm not promised happy and easy all the time, which is what I thought would happen once I lost this weight. I'd be happy like all the thin people. No, they're just people being people. But I had all this, this, this thinking that has recovery is helping me to recognize to, and to ask for help in, in relieve, being relieved. Gentle reminder. Thank you. Um, so that's, that's my daily work today, where I live today. Um, I have a sponsor. I am a sponsor. No, I have a sponsor. I am a, yeah, I am a sponsor. I have sponsees, sorry, um, which keep me afloat because, you know, if I, that's like, you know, this, these 12 steps, when I start short, shorting, you know, my program and my recovery, I start backsliding. I'm going to stop that, so, that um, service commitment, that, that sponsee and sponsor work. And, you know, so when I don't want to do the, the things, so that was a gentle reminder for fiber. I'm up out of time. I'm sorry. If anybody's able to tell me. Bye. I guess you'll tell me. Okay, thank you. Um, so, um, yeah, I recognize. It's not that I don't worry, that I don't have fear, but I recognize it. And I know what to do to help myself move through it. You know, fear... I, I'm a fear-based mammal, going to claim it. Um, and when I first came into the rooms, I heard somebody sell, say that fear stood for them, false evidence appearing real. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, excuse my French, the next one I heard, fuck everything and run. That made a lot of sense to Monica. But today, what it stands for me is forgetting that everything's all right. And if I can read, oh, I'm forgetting that everything's all right, that I have a power greater than myself that I can lean in on, whether they're in skin or not in skin, um, I've forgotten that everything's all right, even now. And that this too, whatever it is, is going to pass. If I can just sit with it, again, hold on, pain in, just sit with it. Ugh, I don't like to sit in uncomfortable, but I'm learning how. Um, super grateful for for just all the lessons that I'm still learning uh, right now, my job feels really, 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 really hard. And I know that it's not happening at me. It's nothing's intentional. There's not the world's not against me. My students aren't out to get me. Um, nobody on purpose, you know, gave my dog this condition that needs a lot of attention. You know, like all the things that I used that I can tell myself if I, Slip into that self-pity. I've had this cold forever. You know, I just sit back in this gratitude that, wow, I can recognize that again and see it as my shortcoming. Take, you know, do some writing on it. Um, yeah, do some, for me, like taking it back to the sixth and seventh step when I'm it's like, what am I, I'm acting out in something. What's going on with this? Why, what's going on? Let me look at my, like looking, finding my part in it. What's, what part of me is playing out that I need some help from my higher power? Um, yeah, this is a spiritual program, um, and it's 
And that's what I need to remember, that um, to keep on going back again and again and again, and that um, I we trudge this happy road of destiny together, and a happy road of destiny sounds lovely, and trudge sounds hard, like, right? So, so it's everything. You know, today I know that life is everything, and it can be everything all at once. Um, you know, my heart can be bursting and breaking, but I'm not in it alone, and I think I just suffered through all of it alone, so I just stopped feeling it all. So um, today I get to feel things. Ah, the good news and that's the terrifying news. Um, I get to reach out and connect. I get to listen to you and hear how you take your next right step. You remember it's just for today. Um, I remember crying over pizza when I was first in the room, just saying, I can't believe I'm never going to eat it again. And my sponsor said, are you going to eat it today? No? Okay. Right? Just for today. Can I do it just for today? That's such good news. Um, so I think I'm just about, my five minutes probably just about up. And um, yeah, thanks for allowing me to share. And I pass. I think I hit star one now. Give me one second before you do that, Monica. Uh, okay. Thank you. Let me turn off the recording. Do I?